Hello and welcome to the Glide TV Recaps, The Golden Girls. Today we are on Season 3, Episode 25, Mother's Day. And this episode originally aired on May 7th of 1988. So what other intriguing historical events have transpired on May the 7th? Well, in 1697, Stockholm's medieval royal castle is destroyed by fire. The Codex Gigas, the world's... I have no clue what this means, but it sounded interesting. <laughs> the world's largest extant medieval illuminated manuscript survives by being thrown out of a window. In 1718, the city of New Orleans is founded by Jean-Baptiste Lemoyne de Bienville. In 1832, Greece becomes an independent nation and Otto of Bavaria is chosen as king. In 1946, Tokyo Telecommunications Engineering, later renamed Sony, is founded. In 1952, the concept of the integrated circuit, the basis for all modern computers, is first published by Geoffrey Dummer. In 1999, Pope John Paul II travels to Romania becoming the first pope to visit a predominantly Eastern Orthodox country since the Great Schism in 1054. Okay. In our, I guess our next two are here in our weird history entries for the day. In 2012, paleoclimatological research claims that dinosaur flatulence may have caused unnatural warming of the earth. Okay. In 2018, the World Snooker Championship, Welshman Mark William Williams wins, beating John Higgins 18-16 in Sheffield, and as promised, does his press conference in the nude. And our most recent event on May 7th of 2019, today as of recording this, and as of one hour ago, the New York Times announces that it has obtained 10 years' worth of President Donald Trump's tax returns, which show that he has reported a staggering $1 billion in business losses between 1985 and 1994, as well as finding that, quote, year after year, Mr. Trump appears to have lost more money than nearly any other individual American taxpayer the Times found when it compared his results with detailed information the IRS compiles on an annual sampling of high-income earners. His core business losses in 1990 and 1991, more than $250 million each year, were more than double those of the nearest taxpayers in the IRS information for those years, leading many to conclude that Trump has either knowingly committed tax fraud on multiple occasions in the past and somehow not been caught or prosecuted, or, or potentially both of these, uh, has lied incessantly about his own business acumen and economic knowledge, which is one of the many disparate reasons for his current holding of the presidency of the United States of America. That was one of his main selling points other than the, the racism stuff, you know. Um, so... Great look here. Uh, so, that is our history lesson for the day. So, okay. uh, 
why don't you inform us what transpired on this uh, edition of the Golden Girls here? Oh boy, this flashback edition about all about Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. Scene one, we're in the kitchen. It is Mother's Day, surprising. And the four girls are awaiting phone calls from some of their children. And we get our first flashback. This one is Dorothy and Stan needing to borrow some money from Stan's mom. Oh my. Scene two, we're in flashback number one. We're in Stan's mom's trailer. Yes, Stan and Dorothy enter. It appears that Stan's mom does not really like Dorothy. The gift they got Stan's mom was the art of Adolf Hitler. Stan leaves to make a phone call, uh, supposedly, and we learn that Stan's mom actually doesn't like Stan and really does like Dorothy. She gives Dorothy a thousand dollars. After Stan and Dorothy leave, we see his mom get a box and she starts taking down all of Stan's pictures off the wall. Uh, tells us how much she really does like Stan. I would too if I had Stan's face <laughs> plaster all over all my walls. Scene three, we're back in the kitchen. The phone rings. Rose answers it, and it is Charlie Jr. We learn it is cold in Minnesota, and we get Blanche's flashback next. It is the last Mother's Day she spent with her mama, and it is back in Virginia. Scene four, flashback number two, we're in Virginia. Blanche's mom had been ill for some time and was recovering in a convalescent home. Ah, uh, they talked some, and we learned from Blanche that back in high school, she was madly in love with Deck Bovenlow, and she ran off to get married to him. They had been dating for a month and dropped by cheerleading, and he dropped by cheerleading practice and asked Blanche to marry him. Deck was 40, twice divorced, and had three kids. Oh, my. And his oldest daughter was a big rival of Blanche's at cheerleading, that's why she wanted to marry Deck. Yes, we hear a lot about this wedding and how Blanche's mother stopped it rather easily. It was 1949, and it was on Christmas Day that it really happened, not New Year, uh, Mother's Day. Scene five, we're back in the kitchen. Rose gets off the phone, and we then get Rose's flashback of the Mother's Day that she spent with somebody else's mother. Yeah, scene six. Flashback three, we're in the bus stop heading towards St. Olaf. Rose sits at a bench with another lady. The lady talks a little about St. Olaf. Yeah, she knows there's a lot of idiots in St. Olaf. They talk. Apparently, this lady visited St. Olaf 50 years ago to go to a wedding of Sonia Jorgenfrockelixterabrau. Yes. It just so happens that Rose was also at that wedding as the flower girl, and we then get a St. Olaf story. There were no flowers that year because of what happened to Old Man Smith, the town's only florist, and only blacksmith, and only black man. When he decided to move in, the town council decided to give him a traditional Scandinavian welcome. I'm sure this is fake, but they gathered on his front lawn singing songs while dressed up in bed sheets. Yes, he was not familiar with the custom and had a heart attack and spent most of the summer in intensive care. 
They continue talking. We learn that the lady's daughter is dead and the lady visits and she has escaped the home. An officer comes in to take the lady back to the home, but Rose says she is the lady's daughter and they are on their way home for Mother's Day. Rose really saves the day for. Scene seven, we're back in the kitchen. The phone rings and Dorothy answers it and it is Michael. Yes, Sophia is going to tell her Mother's Day story now. Picture it. Brooklyn, 1957, the second Sunday in May. And we then get the flashback. Scene eight, flashback number four. We're in Brooklyn. B. Arthur, she is actually playing Sophia's mother here. And she is in a wheelchair. They all talk. They want Sophia's mother to move in with them. Yes, we get a story from Sophia's mother. Picture it. Sicily, 1881, a beautiful young peasant girl. And the story is interrupted and never finished. Uh, they keep discussing about moving in or not. Yes. And scene nine, we're back in the kitchen. Dorothy, she's still on the phone. Michael wants to talk to Sophia. Sophia quickly gets rid of him very fast. They all start to leave to go eat brunch. The phone rings again and Blanche answers it. It is Janet this time. And Sophia goes to the stove and digs out some pots and pans and decides to cook as this episode comes to an end. Well, we have a few cultural references throughout this episode. Uh, firstly, to the Duke of Windsor, which we've discussed many times before, uh, was a title created solely for King Edward VIII to hold after he abdicated the throne, uh, and no one's held it since, and most likely no one will. Uh, queen Elizabeth II is the current queen of the United Kingdoms and its various commonwealths, um, and that's really about it. Um, you know, I mean, she ruled, well, she doesn't really do anything, but um, she theoretically rules over the United Kingdom, and it's uh, still, it's, few uh, commonwealths, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Pakistan, and Ceylon. Oh, Sri Lanka. Why couldn't they just say that up there? <laughs> like, the first paragraph is Pakistan and Ceylon, then like halfway down the next paragraph, it's including these places and Ceylon, renamed Sri Lanka. Like, why couldn't you have that one up there? <laughs> but okay, sure. They've been confused about the existence of a country. Okay. Um, the artwork of Adolf Hitler. Um, so, uh, we all know the, obviously, the other uh, part of Hitler. Um, so, uh, in the years leading up to and during World War II, he was also a painter. He produced hundreds of works, sold his paintings and postcards uh, to attempt to earn a living during his years in Vienna in the early 1900s. Uh, a number of his paintings were recovered after the end of the war and have been sold at auctions for tens of thousands of dollars. Others were seized by the U.S. Army and are still held by the U.S. government. Uh, so that is um, shortly that. Um, the Rockefeller family uh, is an American industrial, political, and banking family that owns one of the world's largest fortunes. It was initially made in the American petroleum industry in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, uh, primarily through their company Standard Oil. The family is also known for its long association with and control of Chase Bank Corporation. 
and they are considered to be one of, if not the most powerful family in the entirety of the history of the United States. Uh, Cary Grant was an English-born actor known as one of classic Hollywood's definitive leading men. Uh, he began a career in Hollywood in the early 30s, becoming known for his transatlantic accent, debonair demeanor, light-hearted approach to acting, and sense of comedic timing. Uh, he became an American citizen in 1942. Um, Gary Cooper was an American actor known for his natural, authentic, understated acting style and screen performances. His career spanned 36 years from 1925 to 61 and included leading roles in 84 feature films, uh, according to Wikipedia here. Um, a convalescent home is more known for, uh, no, mostly known as a sanitarium, uh, or no, sorry, a sanatorium, uh, is a medical facility for long-term illness, typically associated with treatment of tuberculosis in the late 19th and 20th centuries before the discovery of antibiotics. A uh, distinction is sometimes made between a sanitarium, which is more, or was more for, uh, mental illnesses uh, and a sanatorium, which is what I just told you. Um, Rexall was a chain of American drug stores mm -hmm. uh, that started in 1903 uh, before it ceased operation in 1977, it looks like. Uh, though it is still since 1985 been the name of over-the-counter drugs uh, throughout the U.S. and Canada. Uh, Levi's uh, is a brand of blue jean. Uh, Woody the Woodpecker is a fictional animated anthropomorphic woodpecker uh, who appeared in theatrical shorts produced by Walter Lance. A studio was created in 1940. Uh, by Lance and artist Ben Hardaway, who had previously laid the groundwork for two other screwball comedy characters, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck, at Warner in the late 30s. Uh, and Woody was a little bit different in that regard, apparently. Um, so that's uh, Woody Woodpecker. Apparently is still around today in something. Um, doesn't really tell me what, but apparently is. Um, a Studebaker uh, is an American automobile manufacturer. It was founded in 1852, but did not produce vehicles until 1868. Or no, was incorporated in 1868 as a producer of wagons for farmers, miners, and the military. It entered the automotive business in 1902 with its all-electric cars, and in 1904 with gasoline vehicles all sold under the name Studebaker Automobile Company. Uh, so, uh, and it uh, ended production in November of 1967. ID bracelets, I think we talked about before those, those little like medical alert bracelet thingies. Um, a per capita measurement uh, is typically a per capita income, which measures the average income earned per person in a given area, whether that be a city a region of a state or a country uh, in a specified year. 
uh, it is calculated by dividing the area's total income by its total population as you find averages of anything um a traditional scandinavian welcome i couldn't find anything about what that would be um okay. so <laughs> i thought it was all made up yeah um reader's digest is an american general interest family magazine published 10 times a year was founded in 1922 for many years. It was the best-selling consumer magazine in the U.S. It lost that distinction in 2009 to Better Homes and Gardens, one of your faves. Um, oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, global editions of the magazine reached an additional 40 million people in more than 70 countries via 49 editions in 21 different languages. It was also published in Braille, in digital format, audio, and in large print as well and is still of course being produced today um the dodgers leaving brooklyn um so you know obviously we could spend probably an hour on this if we wanted to i guess i don't really know for sure on that but i would assume so usually you can with most of these kind of things you could yes um so um let's see so what is this? So the, the, the short version of this is um, like league executives wanted a team in LA uh, and eventually the Dodgers, I guess, were going to be like the least expensive to move, I guess. So they moved them to LA to become the Dodgers. Uh, so I don't know why moving from Brooklyn to L.A. would be the least expensive, but apparently it was, I guess, um, as far as I can tell from my brief skim of this. Okay. Um, so um, that's uh, the short version of that. Um, Flatbush Subway Station uh, is the uh, southern terminal station on the IRT No Strand Avenue line of the New York City subway located at the intersection of Flatbush and No Strand Avenue in Flatbush, Brooklyn. Uh, it is served by two trains at all time oh by the two train at all times and the five train on weekdays. It is also the closest subway station to Brooklyn College and Midwood High School. Um, it was uh, let's see. Opened in August of 1920. Uh, side characters, we have quite a few again. Uh, Stan's mother is played by Alice Ghostly. Known for her work in To Kill a Mockingbird, Designing Women, Grease. She plays Mrs. Murdoch in Grease. Uh, and The Graduate. Uh, she was a one-time Emmy nominee uh, for a supporting actress in a comedy for her appearance on Designing Women. She did not win that Emmy, though. Um, Blanche's mother is played by Helen Klebe, uh, known for Seven Days in May, The Party, Magnificent Obsession, and Playhouse 90. Uh, she also was on a lot of the uh, Walton's TV movies in the 90s. She was on like three or four of those here. Hmm. So she was, oh, she played Mamie Baldwin on the Waltons. That was her big, big one here too as well, it appears. 
after her like 60s and 50s turns there that I just read you about. Um, Jacob, the bus station clerk, is played by Wesley Mann, uh, known for, or is that correct? He doesn't look right. Um, well, it has to be. He's the only other one here. Okay, so Wesley Mann, um, known for what? Back to the Future Part 2, But I'm a Cheerleader, Soul Surfer, and L.A. Story. Mm. Yeah. Most recently appeared in Lucifer last season uh, as, bonds, as a bondsman. Apparently. Um, Anna Eggerman uh, is played by Geraldine Fitzgerald, uh, known for um, Wuthering Heights, Dark Victory, Three Strangers, and The Mango Tree. She will appear again uh, in this, in The Golden Girls, uh, I think in season five as Martha in an episode. Uh, so she'll appear then again. She is a one-time Oscar nominee and a one-time Emmy nominee. Uh, she was nominated for the Supporting Actress Oscar for Wuthering Heights and nominated for the uh, Guest Performer in a Comedy Emmy for this episode. Okay, uh, so she was nominated for an Emmy for her appearance in this episode. Um, the police officer is played by Terrence Evans, known for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the 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 two thousand remake thing, uh, the sequel to it that his name I don't remember, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Beginning. Uh, he appears in that. Uh, Terminator 2 and Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, so a lot of big, uh, uh, at least big titled uh, things there. Uh, Salvador is played by Sid Melton. Uh, we've discussed before, of course. Uh, known for Captain Midnight, The Steel Helmet, Close Up, and Brotherly Love. Uh... Young Dorothy, we've discussed before, played by Lenny Green, known for mostly her production work, uh, but as an actress, appeared in six other things other than uh, this series. She will have one more appearance in, I think that's season seven, the final season, she will appear again. We will not see Young Dorothy until then uh, again. Uh, but other than this, she appeared in On Our Own, Over the Brooklyn Bridge, Search for Tomorrow, Cagney and Lacey, Law and Order, and The Five Mrs. Buchanans, mostly known for her writing and producing work, uh, writing for such shows as uh, The Crew, Stark Raving Mad, Jag, Nip Tuck, uh, Masters of Sex, and The Truth About the Harry Kubert Affair. And known for her production work on mostly those same shows, uh, but also on a Normal Ohio and Boss uh, as well. Um, and then our last uh, side character, the Rest Home Resident, is played by Arthur Tovey, known for Ironside, 
to the ends of time, swing out sweet land, and central casting where he plays himself. Uh, so that is him. So, uh, no new sex partners established, so our tally stands at the end of season three. Blanche 53, Dorothy 6, Rose 5, and Sophia 2. Boy. All right. I just have one little note on this episode. <clears throat> just one that you have to be very observant to see this. In the first flashback, uh, when we're at Dorothy and Stan's in her in uh, Stan's mother's trailer, Dorothy leaves the trailer and she walks by this tree outdoors and you can see it through the kitchen window. And as Dorothy walks by it, that tree wiggles. She like hit it and it's obviously a prop and <laughs> that tree wiggles like, like, wow. It was amazing. But uh, that was the only uh, thing I saw in this episode. Kitchen observation, they have a solid blue tablecloth. Uh, in this tape uh, episode, there were two weddings or planned weddings, both in flashbacks though. Uh, but I'm counting them. Uh, there was one Saint Olaf story, and two picture it stories now, were. Hold on, what was the second? The first the was first is Blanche's. Blanche. Yeah, what's the second the one? Second is, um, actually, it is um, when Rose is the flower girl for Sonya. Uh, oh, we're counting that? Sonia. Saying that she was a flower girl in her childhood? Well, um, I'm not really sure if we should count it. It's I wouldn't not think part so. part of the family. I wouldn't think uh, so. Because all the others are at least the girls or their children. Right. So. I wouldn't think so, just because, I mean, that's essentially Rose attended one. Yeah, Rose attended one. Like, big deal. Okay, so we will not count that one. So we'll be back to one on that. Okay. So there were two picture stories that were started. I don't think either one that got all, all the way finished with those, but they were started. And one Stanley appearance in the flashback, of course, the very yeah. first one. Uh, so our total will be six. Weddings or planned weddings now. Um, eight physical abuses arose. Uh, 22 St. Olaf stories. 18 picture stories. 11 cheesecakes eaten. 7 Sicily Italian stories. 30 Sicily Italian references. 14 times the girls mad at each other moving out, etc. 19 sports. 24 games. And 9 Stanley's of Bornak appearances. For me... For a season ender, especially this episode's a big letdown. The flashbacks were very much more sentimental than funny. I this is not a great episode for me. I gave it a sixty-nine out of one hundred. Well, I'll do it for this episode of the Glide TV Recaps, the Golden Girls. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the show for more great content like this. And until the next episode, goodbye.